Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition to the Point Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well on this Remembrance Day. Uh, this is the second of two podcasts today, so hope you guys are all enjoying the day off. But we're back this afternoon to talk some hockey. Uh, we're we got a lot of the seasons going. Yeah, a lot of teams are struggling. Some are playing fantastic, like the Carolina Hurricanes. We're going to dive into all that today. Talk division leaders. Talk teams that we really like. Disappointed so far. We'll also talk about Casey's Montreal Canadiens. But uh, back on the pod by popular demand, my good friend, Casey Ward. Casey, uh, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Jug. Uh, you know, nice day to pay my uh, respects. Think of uh, all the all the nice freedoms and liberties that we have in uh, our country and just sit back and remember all the uh, sacrifices made. Uh, other than that, I've been... Uh, you know, hard at work getting some notes done for this pod and uh, mm-hmm. doing some doing some yard work and stuff. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to our chat today. Looking forward to getting things, uh, getting the hockey combo going. So, yeah, before we go, did you uh, did you have anybody in your family that was in the military, like serving in any of the world wars or anything like that? I'm pretty sure my great grandmother's uh, husband fought in the world war. I can't remember. Uh, which one it was, but um, right. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, no, it's an um, important day for sure and good to reflect on all those people, like you said, off the top. I also wanted to start the pod by just saying congratulations to friend of the podcast, Zach Fucali, because um, uh, Washington recently this afternoon announced that he's going to be making his first career NHL start tonight. Um, he's 26 He's bounced around. He went from the ECHL. He's played in Europe, Spangler Cups, obviously winning a World Junior Gold Medal with Team Canada. But he's battled through a lot. He was a great guest and on the pod and really nice guy. I'm just I'm so thrilled that he's finally going to get to uh, fulfill a lifelong dream. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I remember listening to the podcast when he was on. I thought it was awesome. And uh, he just remember watching him with the Mooseheads when uh, Sawyer and Trey mm-hmm. were there. You know, he's one of the better goalies I think I've watched go through that league, and um, it'll be interesting to see how he makes it out tonight. Uh, who that? Do you know who they're playing? Uh, Detroit. Oh yeah, perfect. That's a good. That'll be a good game. Yeah. Uh, uh, crazy enough, Detroit's been scoring a lot of goals. Bertuzzi and Raymond and and Sider have been been tearing it up down there. But uh, good luck to Zach. Um, and I know this must be a special day for him and. Just, uh, you know, thanks for coming on and hopefully I get to chat with him down the line again, just to ask him how this goes, because hopefully this is the first of many, many starts uh, in the NHL. That was um, a to the point bump right there. You know, yes. you got him, you got him into the league. That's true. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Uh, I got to get some more prospects on because they'll get a luck uh, at the Bring NHL level. Caulfield. Bring yeah. Caulfield on. <laughs> yeah. So let's start there. Um. Last year, you were hot on the Montreal Canadiens, as was I. Uh, you had them going to the Stanley Cup final, which you were correct on. So kudos to you. And this year has not gone as great as last season. It's um, it's pretty much a tire fire in Montreal right now. The best news that they have is that Carrier Price is out of the player assistance program. Um, and I said this this morning, but kudos to him for opening up about what he's going through. That takes a lot of courage. And I think that's a positive thing, but it's a mess in Montreal. They can't score. They can't defend. Um, short-term case this season, where do you think this goes? Does it get any better for Montreal? 
I think it's gonna. I I don't think it's gonna get much prettier than what what's going on right now. I think with you know you look at the team that they had last year in the in the playoffs. Philip Deneau, Shea Weber, um, Tatar. Mm-hmm. They had um, a Jeff Petrie that was playing good hockey. Um, it just compared to that this year, with especially without Price, it's just like a complete different team. Um, all these young guys coming into the lineup, it's tough for them. But you know, it, you got to get your licks in at some point. And I think you know Suzuki's played pretty. You know, he's hit or miss some nights. He's he's either spot on and you notice him or he's kind of ghosty. But um, I think it's kind of just a, a tire fire all around. Like Gallagher's got five points. Hoffman's got five points. Um, you know, I think the biggest highlight of the season was when Hoffman smashed a stick on the post and then flew into the boards, you know. Yeah. It's uh, pretty bad. It's. <laughs> I think that I love to see – I love Romanov too. I, yeah. you know, I, I like his game. Um Maybe long term, I think maybe the Canadian or not long term, but short term, maybe the Canadians flip him because he might have some upside to somebody that's in a looking for an offensive defenseman that they can kind of give him a little bit of leeway. But maybe I don't know. I think that the defense there has got to strengthen up for them to be turning around. Yeah, so a few, a few, a uh, couple of things off your points. The Mike Hoffman signing made no sense to me at the time because I just think he's. How can I say this delicately? He's not the most energetic forward. He doesn't exactly give you a lot of effort when it comes to back check. Or you see how much he cares. He breaks his stick and falls on his ass uh, because, you know, he cares so much then. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Gallagher's been a disaster this season. Um, I And he's on a really bad contract uh, for Montreal, and he's going to be there for a while. Uh, Christian Dvorak has not worked out. Uh, and I didn't like that at the time. I I just said, this seems desperate because they lost to no. And then KK left on obviously the, the, um, offer sheet and good for KK because he's on the best team in NHL. Uh, (laughs) but I, I look at these four, even the David Savard signing, like everything they did has not worked. Like none of it has been a positive. And even with Carey Price, I don't think this team would be very good because number one, Carey Price hasn't been very good in the last three to four regular seasons. And who knows, maybe he comes up with an injury because he's been injury plagued as well over the last number of years. Yeah, no, for sure. Carey's kind of getting on the, uh, he's starting to become the elder, elder statesman in the league, right? He's been around the block for a little while and, um, you know, injuries happen, especially when you get older. Um, yeah, I, I'm surprised that the Savard trade hasn't worked out as well. Yeah. Um, coming from Tampa Bay, I thought he was like one of the better defensemen on the back end, shutting like shut down wise. I think he held his own on his on on that lineup. But um, yeah, I, I just it's hard to watch some some of these games. Like uh, the other night, they were in a close battle with the uh, Kings, and I don't know. It's just like it seems like there's just something something's missing, and. Um, you know, I feel bad for uh, Caulfield getting you know, gas canned after 10 games and uh, he's down in the minors. I hope that he can find his game because um, during the playoffs when he was when he was around, I thought he was electric. So if he can kind of get his uh, get his uh, momentum going again, I think that if he gets called up, the Habs might have a little bit of uh, 
life, but it's it's a tough look right now in Montreal. Yeah, and not to mention they have a ton of injuries. Uh, you know, uh, our guy Josh Anderson, who I'll admit hasn't had a great start to the season, is hurt. Joel Edmondson, who I think is super underrated, just how important this guy is on a game in game out basis. He's injured. Uh, you know, the, uh, Matthew Perot, former Bathurst Titan, he's out. Uh, and um, with the whole Caulfield thing, um, he gets sent down after ten games. Uh, first, did you did you think that was appropriate to send him down to Laval after ten games, or would you would you have kept him in at the NHL level? Well, it's tough because it it depends on the market. I think it mm-hmm. Montreal is a tough market to play in, especially as a young player. Like I, I was looking around some of the younger players in the league, um, Maxim Comtois for the for the Ducks. Ducks. Yeah, I think Ducks are one of the most surprising teams in the NHL right now. And I think Comtois is a great player, um, but I looked at his stats, and he's he's only got one assist in twelve games. But you know, it's, it's the same thing with Caulfield. He had an assist, I think, in one of his first four games, and then after that, he kind of went silent again. It's just I think it depends a lot on the market, and you know, if you're not going to produce, then you're going to get uh, demoted. And I don't know. I I think eventually he's going to find his game, and I, I feel like he'll be back up before too long. Yeah, I, I probably would have sent him down just because I just watching him play, he kind of looked lost out there. Like he wasn't getting good opportunities, and it doesn't help him that you're on a team that, you know, let's just be blunt, they don't have a whole lot of creative forwards. I I look, Anderson is not he doesn't create offense. He's more of a driver. Dvorak, I don't see him as very Gallagher. He's not a he's not a guy that creates. You know, he scores goals in tight. Hoffman, same thing. Uh, he doesn't pass the puck, so it's hard to hard to get assists there. Um, the back end, really. I mean, Petrie is a guy that creates, but again, to fully, if you're not playing with Suzuki, who, like you mentioned, has 12 points in 14 games, and I still think he's the future of that or that team. I still think that's a really good signing. But when you when you come into the league and you're the skilled guy, but he he's 20 years old. Like it, it's one thing to to be put in a situation like Troy Terry is playing great for Anaheim. He played a year and a half in the minors. He's playing and he's playing with a future hall of famer and Ryan Getzlaff, who is playing pretty damn well at his age. And I didn't think Anaheim was going to bring him back, but yet to your point, he's, he's insulated with other creative players where Montreal just has a lot of kind of work hard workman like team that they had, you know, similar to what they had last year. Yeah. That's what I feel like as well. Like, Montreal kind of seems like a point A to point B and it's, there's no, it's kind of just cycle the puck, try and get it to the defense. And then it's, it's kind of bland hockey for the, for the Canadians right now up front. And I think, um, you know, they just got to juggle it up a little bit and kind of find that creativity. And I think offensive chances will start to come. I, I it's tough, especially cause they're being like, they're outscored. I think they're, they got one of the worst plus minuses in the league right now, I think. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's tough. And I feel bad for Jake Allen, good New Brunswick boy, but he's got to, uh, <clears throat> he's got to help them out on the, between the pipes too. Yeah. He's played every game, but two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, uh, the guy's getting tons of, tons of looks. I'll give him that. He's getting, the, oh, yeah. the, his hockey DB is only rocketing up when it comes to usage rate. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> Romanoff. Like you, I'm a big fan. I 
his games, I look at him, I'm like, he doesn't know what he's doing out there. Yeah. So half, half of that's on him. But I also look at Dominic Ducharme. I don't know what they have against Romanov, but last year in the playoffs, they got to the finals. So I can't really criticize them, but I will anyway, because it's me. Um, you're playing Gustafson, who, oh my God, how many times I looked at the TV and said, this guy's playing, or Kulak, who just made situational stupid plays, like stepping up in the neutral zone when the puck's a foot away. Don't do that. But I don't know if this team just has a vendetta against Romanov. Like, they just don't want to have a good defenseman grow into their organization. But they've done nothing to help this kid since he's joined the organization. Like, nothing. Yeah, no, I agree. I I don't know if it's, like, a Russian thing or if they have something against Russian defensemen or I don't know what it is. But, like, you had Andre Markov in your system for, you know, 15 years. Yeah, Yeah, eternity, it, it felt like. And... He, he turned out to be a great defenseman for a few years while he was there. And um, the, the Canadians were successful. I think if you give Roman a equal chance or equal opportunity to succeed or help him out, try and get his defensive game, um, you know, stronger, then that's, that's going to be stuff that helps him grow. And I think could be something that like he has the opportunity to be that, that new wave of uh, Andre Markov, so to speak. I think, like, I just see positive upside from uh, Romanov's game. Like, yeah, he has his moments where you're like, you know, what the fuck? Like, you know, Jake Muzzin moments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, uh, you know, he's young defenseman. It's, I think it's to come. But, you know, compared to, like, guys like Bowen Byram, he doesn't have the same, the same kind of uh, offensive upside. But I think he's just got to learn to kind of run with what he's got and he'll, he'll find his way up around the league. Yeah. Um, if you were Montreal, would you send him down to Laval with Caulfield? Um, that's a tough one. Uh, I feel like right now with like what the with what the Habs have, I feel like he might be better off maybe in in Laval, place where he can kind of go down and develop, kind of in in the kind of in the background, not not in the you know the big market so to speak where he's getting torched in Quebec media and stuff so I think uh I think that might be a good idea but I mean I'm not going to say no to watching him play for the Habs so yeah I uh, I agree there but I, I do think it would probably help him because he's kind of like Caulfield he's lost his way a little bit and yeah he needs just a confidence boost which I think he'll get down there before I move off the Caulfield thing did you see <laughs> last weekend that the Utica Comets tagged him in a post about how he hasn't scored a goal in 17 games dating back to last season. And his dad accused the team's uh, Twitter page of bullying him. No, I've never seen this. No, this is news to me. Yeah. This is basically like OB, you know, OBJ, but in reverse. Uh, Yeah. Utica Comets basically tagged Cole Caulfield and say, wait, you're in the HL bro. And it had like, no goals in 17 games and amateur hour for sure. But then Caulfield's dad just loses it. And he's like, he's accusing Utica of bullying him and picking on his, his 20 year old son. So more and more dads are getting involved in this hockey thing. And it's, it's, it's not good just in sports in general. Yeah. That's a tough. Look, you know, your son's, your son's going to be in the NHL, you know, kind of just let your, let, let his game do the talk and he'll, he'll figure it out. I'm sure there's going to come a time where Cole Caulfield is going to go, you know, 
on a stretch of five games, probably with eight or nine goals, I think something like that. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not out of the possibility, the realm of possibilities. So um, that's like that's crazy though, especially like the Odell thing. That's Cleveland's better off without them. Yeah, so. no, I wanted to ask you that. So let's pivot to that quickly. You a big Browns fan? Big game against the Patriots this weekend. That's what, the game I'm most excited to watch this weekend. But you got uh, OBJ is now a free agent, still scouring where he's gonna go. Um, but are you happy that he's no longer a Cleveland Brown? Yeah, I'm. Re- I was ready to see him go. I watched watched a few games this year of the old Browns that I had on the TV and uh, was able to get. And uh, it was ugly, you know. I, I was uh, pretty frustrated and upset with uh, with what I seen. I expect a lot more out of this uh, premier premier wide receiver, but you know, it is what it is. Kind of on Baker too, underthrowing him a couple of times, overthrowing him. But I'm I'm on the Baker train. I'll ride with Baker. Fuck OBJ. Yeah, you and State Farm. Uh... <laughs> I just him between State Farm and Progressive. I don't know if we could see more uh, goddamn commercials with Baker Mayfield, but good for him for getting that bread. But I mean, come yeah. on, like line the pockets. Yeah, complete some passes first, bro. Um, <laughs> uh, where do you want to? Where do you think is a good spot for OBJ to go? Ah, uh, who cares? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm I. You were talking about uh, possibly in Seattle. I think that'd be a good combo with him and him and uh, Russell Russ, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that'd be not a bad combo. Plus, if we ever get down to a cracking game or something, you know, throw a salmon yeah. at him. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, that would yeah. catch it. Tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw it to him on third down. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about the Leafs because. I know you love to boy. talk. About, I know you love to talk about them. One of your, one, boy, of your one of your favorite teams. Yeah, a lot of you know Shay, uh, co-host of the Breaking Bad Pod, loves the Leafs. They uh, get a win last night in Philly. I think they're fourteen games in. They're second in, in the Atlantic. Um, what do you make of the Leafs start to the season and how they're playing? Yeah, they don't look too bad. I think I watched probably uh, two, three games now. I think of the Leafs. They haven't looked too bad. I think. Uh, you know, I gave Marner a lot of slack uh, start of the year, especially when we, the last podcast with Shay. Really, I really hammered hard on uh, Marner, and he's looked pretty good the last few weeks. I think he's he's really picked his game up. Matthews, on the other hand, kind of been struggling. Um, Tavares out of the lineup last night. I'm surprised that the, that the Leafs got a W. Uh, he's usually the backbone of that power play, and they were able to get a goal without the. Uh, you know, the top four players in their uh, salary. Andre yeah, Kasha yeah. scored a goal last night. Got to love to see it. You know, one of the guys outside that top four. It's awesome. <laughs> I sense a hint of sarcasm. <sighs> yeah. No, I don't know. I, 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 I'll be honest with you. Last night, I, I really watched uh, two periods of that game last night uh, before I started getting tired. And I was hoping that, uh, that Philly was going to win. I, before I even started watching the game, I was like, come on, you know, this, uh, this is the year, you know, Carter Hart's going to be good. And you know, pretty good last night. He did really not bad. Yeah. But every time I watch the flyers, they fucking lose. It drives me nuts. I'm like, all right, here's going to be the night. Cole Giroux is going to get a goal. Sean Couturier is going to score. Um, uh, what's that other fellow there? The Knepney. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like his game, but you know, it just it's not there. The boys can't put the puck in the net. I don't know. It's ugly in Philly, but Toronto's on a little bit of a, a hot streak, and I'm happy for my boy Shea because uh, his Dodgers struggled there last uh, last end of it. So I'm happy right. that one of his teams is a winner. Yeah, well, so far, <clears throat> regular season, you know. Yeah, strong yeah. regular season. Yeah, they like to do that. Uh, when it gets to the other season, we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah. You talked about the Flyers. They're in the Metropolitan Division, currently led by the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, this team, what a start. Like, I thought they'd. I thought they'd slow down because I didn't love some of the moves they're offseason. Frederick Anderson getting rid of Nadalkovich, to be fair. Detroit's only a point behind Toronto. Uh, so Detroit's actually had a pretty good start to this. They're another little surprising team. Oh, but yeah. Carolina is 10-1 and one in 11 games. They are Frederick Anderson, your boy. Woo! He's 9-1. 10 and yeah, he's got every he's got almost everyone they got, man. He's just on unreal so far this season. They beat Tampa the other night in overtime. Um, what do you make of this team and kind of why are they having this much success? I, I don't know. I, I remember the last time that we were on or last time we were talking, I said that uh, Carolina was going to be a surprise team, at, you know, to start the year. I think uh, most, of it, most of my conversation, I think last time was geared around uh, Rob Brandamore and, that yeah. uh, that role he brings in with his with his coaching ability, but I don't know. I think this team is just like it's an all around good team. I think the defense core is strong mm-hmm. uh, for what they have. I think everybody's kind of contributing. D'Angelo, you know, yeah. scumbag here is looking great. He's looking uh, eleven points. That's you know, right off the start of the year as a defenseman, that's pretty good and. Slavin's not far behind him. Eight assists. Um, Pesce got five points. Ethan Bear got four assists. That's pretty solid on your back end right there. And then you have Shreshnikov, Aho, Trocek, and Teravainen. That's up front. That's a pretty uh, strong uh, group to go with. So I'm I'm pretty surprised that uh, ten at one. I mean that's a that's un, unheard of off the start of the year, right? Yeah. No, it it is, and like you said, their their back end so well balanced. Freddie is playing at an elite level nine and one on the year. And it's funny what you, what a goalie can do when you put some good defensemen in front of a guy. So it's good to see that validated. Cause he was, he was pretty good in Anaheim too. He actually got to a conference final. People forget that. Um, but uh, you look, they're just balanced. Like, like you said, they're decor Jordan stall. I mean, he's only got five points, but I watched Carolina a lot. He does so many little things. Like he plays is on the penalty kill. He's so aggressive and he, he works every shift and, you know, he's 16 year NHL vet, but you know, this guy wants to win another ring. Like he wants it desperately. Trocheck's another guy he's point per game so far, but that bastard will work hard. Like he just goes, he battles. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder because Florida shipped him for Lucas Walmart, which made no sense at the time and still makes no sense. But yeah, they, they just have kind of an underdog story team. Like you said, Brendan Moore is kind of that coach and it doesn't matter who comes in. Seth Jarvis, a rookie, two points in four games. Like you said, Tony D'Angelo, the dirtbag of the NHL last year, kicked out of New York. He comes to Carolina. You don't hear a peep and he's at a point per game. 
and this is an archaic stat, but I, if you watch Carolina, you can appreciate this. He's a plus 11. Like, and he's, he makes a lot, he does a lot on the ice. Like it's not just his plus pluses are uh, throwaway numbers. This guy does a lot in the ice to contribute to Carolina getting offensive scoring chances. Yeah, no, I think, I think D'Angelo has been awesome this year, especially after everything that kind of transpired last year. I think, uh, you know, I think his start's been awesome um, kind of leading the way. And it's, it, if you're in that market where you're like, he was in New York before, so you're in a well, populated market and it's pretty hot and heavy in New York so you go off to the Carolina if things aren't as publicized there you know you never see games on television unless they're playing the Leafs or something so right it's good for for guys like that you know maybe they need a little bit of time away from the media or whatever so you know hats off to him and I think uh, if they can keep this train going I think they're going to be be a team to that's going to be in the mix here come the playoffs um Second place are the Rangers. They uh, had a tough trip through Western Canada, but other than that, they've been really good. Chris Kreider's got nine goals. Uh, yeah. He's just finding the back. This is what you want to see. This is the Chris Kreider. He, he's a he's a traditional power forward now because he can skate. He's also tough, but he you know he get he scores nice goals. So Panarin, Sabinajad's not having his slow start like you usually see. So that's also a positive. Um, Washington in third, like you said, your, your flyers in fourth, uh, tied, tied with Columbus, another little surpriser. And then my devils tied with them as well. Um, between New York, Washington and Philly, cause we kind of view them as teams that are elite, which team do you have the most faith in long-term Rangers caps or flyers? Um, hmm. I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, I kind of think that, uh, just long-term, I don't know how Hart's going to play out. I, I don't know yeah. what kind of year he's going to have. It's either he's going to be uh, Team Canada standout and he's going to have that unreal year or he's going to struggle. So <clears throat> for for them, I think that's a tough question. Um, I like I like uh, Shesterkin with uh, the Rangers. I think he's a good, good uh, goalie. I think that they have a... Uh, the bread man and uh, everybody's kind of clicking on all cylinders there. Um, and then Washington, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of injury riddled kind of right mm-hmm. now, but Ovi's off to a hot start. So, you know, he's, he's chasing that record and yeah. he's going. Well, it's crazy. He's 36 years old. He's been in the league for a long time, 17 NHL seasons. He's had his best start of his career. It's years 18. He's had the best start of his career. I mean, the guy has 21 points. He's third in the NHL in scoring. And he's only got two penalty minutes. That's another thing that doesn't get talked about. He hits more than anybody. He's only got two pims. He, he's just a machine. Never gets hurt, plays. And that narrative that, oh, he doesn't do Well, he won a cup, so shove it. Uh, Jumbo oh, Joe yeah. never won a cup. You know, did Marlo yeah. and they played every game and Iron Man, whatever the hell else you want to say, he did it. Uh, but yeah. plus nine, tw- I mean, just 21. I mean, this guy, um, I would probably agree. I'd probably say New York with you because I, I like their depth. I do think I like Shesterkin as well. I have more faith in Shesterkin than I do Hart at this point. I do think Hart can, yeah. I want him to find it because I feel yeah. bad for him. I mean, I had to kill him a lot in the podcast last year. I didn't love doing it. But when you when you're not playing well, I can't say you're playing well. I mean, that's just that's yep. lying. I'm not Aaron Rodgers. 
So yeah. um, I can't do that. I can't mislead. Uh, Washington, I worry about because I don't, I love Ovias, of course. I, when Backstrom gets back, Kuznetsov's also had a great start to the season. So that's promising. They don't have a third line center. Like they just sent Hendricks LaPierre back to the Teton yesterday, which is a smart move. He needs to play hockey to get better, hopefully be at the World Juniors um, next month. But Connor McMichael, I don't love as a third line center. Uh, Lars Eller, I think, is more of a fourth line center at this point. So that's a hole I think they're going to need to address before the end of the year. And also uh, a couple bottom tier defensemen, which they're always looking to add to the roster. Yeah, no, it seems like the, the Caps always seem to find a couple of pieces uh, for the back end. Like they brought in Brandon Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who else the other defenseman they signed was last year. Yeah, uh, well, they had Jensen, and then when they won, even when they won the cup, they brought in Kepney. Yeah. Uh, so he, you know, he was a big part of them actually winning the cup as well. Yeah. No, I think if they can find a couple of pieces to kind of plug in, especially uh, where most of your your uh, forwards are kind of on the aging side. T.J. Oshie's aging. Nick Backstrom. Um, Kuznetsov's not a young chicken anymore. He's mm-hmm. he's he's still he's still a very young man, but. Uh, Ovi's still leading the charge over there, and I, I don't know how long that's, that's going to go for. But, um, yeah, if they can find a, a piece that fits into that third line where they can kind of have that check and roll, like, it would be interesting to see a trade between – I'm just uh, thinking because I love this uh, centerman. I know he can play the third line role because he, he did it two years in a row, one cup. Uh, Yanni Gord, I know. Mm. If you can get that – uh, that kind of piece of a player from the Kraken or something equivalent to that, I mean, then I think that the Caps can become, you know, that that uh, you know you, you're gonna have to pl- you're gonna have to take them serious after that because they're gonna have some uh, serious depth up front, especially with a lot of the forwards that they've already had win a cup with them. So I, th- right. I think that it's scary. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's an, uh, intriguing for sure. You also got New York and Pittsburgh at the bottom. New York, I have more faith in than Pittsburgh when it comes to the Islanders because they played all 10 games so far on the road. That's really tough to do. Uh, and Pittsburgh, they're depleted, but I didn't think – I thought they would miss the playoffs for the first year in a while. So we'll see what they can do as the season goes on. Let's stick in the East with the Atlantic. Florida's in first place, 10-2-1 start to the season. Pretty hot, followed by Toronto, Detroit, Tampa. Um, I look at Boston. They only got 12 points. They've had a slow start to the year. Um, any worries for Boston? Uh, not really. I think given the division, I think kind of everybody's kind of getting used to the the structure again with uh, not being the, the not so well-liked or uh, well-taken east division and north and whatnot right so i i don't know i'm i think that the bruins are going to find their way it's still early in the season everybody's got a little bit over 10 to 15 games in so um i think that the bruins can figure it out i'm not too worried about the uh, perfection line so what do you think uh i'm not worried about the perfection line i mean i love passing marchand's had a great start bergeron uh passing will figure it out he's too good of a player uh I kind of worry about their depth though, because DeBrusque is, he needs to be moved. Like he, I, it's just not working. Maybe it's not Boston. Maybe it's not him. It's just not a perfect marriage there. Yeah. Um, 
I know Edmonton wouldn't be able to afford him, but I think he'd be, you know, Edmonton did a lot to improve their depth when it comes to physical and we'll talk about them, but he'd be good there. Uh, the way he, the way I like the way Jake DeBrus plays, he plays on the edge. He can cross the line, but he doesn't cheat you for effort. But I look at DeBrus, Charlie Coyle, Carson Kuhlman. I, I don't trust a lot of their depth forwards to produce. I, I think they're similar to Toronto in that sense, where I look at Richie and Kasha, like you said, big goal last night. Um, uh, you know, Wayne Simmons, Pierre Engvall. I, I think these teams have a lot of guys. I just look and I'm like, I don't know if they can be contributors on the bottom 16, they, bottom six of a team that can realist, realistically say they're going to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and, and we talked about this before, like how kind of the time is now for Boston. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it seems like as each year kind of goes on, it seems like it's starting to become, you know, it's it's more seeable that they're it's going to be coming to the rebuild here soon. It seems like they're going to have to find those pieces to kind of bring up in their franchise that are going to have to look, look at the way that um, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, all these guys like Char- Charlie Coyle, um, not Charlie Coyle. Um, Bergeron? No, uh, back in there. Oh, McAvoy. Uh, McAvoy. Yeah, like you got to see how these guys are, are pros and you got to bring in guys to model their games after um, what what Boston would consider their staple, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I'm, I think that they can figure it out. Uh, it seems like a Boston thing to do. They'll, they'll, they'll find a way to to overcome, but um, it's a tough division. And I think, yeah, for uh, sure. but like biasly, I think that this is probably my least favorite division to watch. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I know. It, <clears throat> I don't know what, what it is. I, I like the I like the West coast divisions for some reason. I find that the games are, are so, uh, I find they're more like, just yeah. rough. I, find, I love know? the central. I love yeah. the, I love watching the central. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hard on the Pacific. I find this year, I've been watching a lot of Pacific games. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that point. Like obviously Toronto gets talked about the most, um, even on this podcast, I know for viewership, I have to get my Toronto quota in every kind of pod every week because that's, oh, yeah. I don't I'm not doing uh, overdrive and doing three hours. I'm not going to talk nope. about the same thing three times. Uh, but, and I do like that show. No, no shots. Just there's other things going on. Yeah. Uh, but Toronto's not exactly the most entertaining team to watch to me. I agree with you. Um, Florida would be the most entertaining for me in, in the Atlantic. They just, they have a mix of everything. You know, they, yeah. they're tough Tampa, but like Buffalo, I'm not watching Buffalo. Like, I don't care. Like, Hey, I don't care about watching. Got, Ottawa and, and Ottawa and Montreal are both so pathetic that it's really hard to watch either of them right now. Oh yeah. That like the bottom half of that division I find is tough to watch. Yeah. But I, I do have to say this because I, you know, I have been so critical of the Buffalo Sabres when I come on the podcast. <laughs> I I go at them so hard. Yeah, you're and, not welcome you know, there. No, definitely not. You know, if the Kajulas and whatever, whoever owned the team see me, you know, I'd probably be whacked. But yeah. I'm on here now to say that I apologize to the Buffalo Sabres fan base. They started off hot, but things are going to get worse. Just buckle up. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come. But for now, I, I'm sorry for being so critical, but it's going to come. But the next time you're on, I know you're going to kill them. Oh, it, hey, they do it to themselves. But I had to, I, you know, I got to tip my cap. You got to tip your cap. They started what'd off you, pretty hot. They got rid of What did you think of the Jack Eichel trade? 
I was surprised, really. I, you know, a lot of people said, oh, well, they've been in talks for months and all this stuff, you know. I, I thought that uh, Calgary was going to sneak their way in and get them last minute. I, I just had that kind of uh, feeling. I, I heard that uh, Kachuk was kind of offered in there the last minute. So <laughs> I, I seen, after you. Yeah, I seen, I seen that kind of somewhere in the headline rumor or something. I don't know. I just thought it went, it went, went that way, but um, I'm happy to see that uh, Eichel gets to go get his back uh, all fixed up and uh, he gets to go hang out in Vegas who uh, who wouldn't want to be him right now yeah he's supposed to have surgery tomorrow so get his this replacement surgery tomorrow be back if Vegas can figure it out if they make the playoffs he'd likely be back so that, that'd be a hell of an addition uh so uh who who comes back first him or Tuck uh Tuck yeah, yeah Tuck okay. should be back shortly after Christmas I believe so poor Alex Tuck you go from yeah. being in Vegas conference final final you're great earned a good contract you wake up one morning you say yeah hey uh sorry bud you're going to buffalo yeah you're part of bill's mafia now uh we're sorry we're gonna send you with the counselor uh <laughs> just we'll pj you down there and uh just take care you know stay on the safe side yeah oh, poor alex talk um yeah i feel uh, bad for him really i hope he gets flipped i love alex i love watching alex talk and uh, he's I'm a good piece for someone that wants to go He's a good piece. Mm, very. Cause that dude competes. He's yeah. He's he'd be great. Well, you said it's your favorite division. So let's go to the Pacific oh boy. and look at this. I mean, this is the yeah. wild division. You got Edmonton number one, nine oh and two. They're hot as ever. Calgary. Number two, big shocker to me. The Anaheim ducks, 17 points tied for second in this division. San Jose, Jesus, uh, LA, I mean, it's seeing Vancouver. Let's start with Vancouver. God, they disappoint me. Yeah, it's tough. They're, they're 13 games in, five, six, and two, 12 points. So Elias Pettersson's been just a no show for me too many nights. Honestly, the best forward for Vancouver when I watch them most nights is Connor Garland because he just creates. But I know you're, you're kind of. You have Van- you have a soft spot for the Vancouver Canucks in your heart. What have you made of their start to the season? Yeah, another team in my repertoire that's just been struggling. Uh, every team that I've been riding right now is just not off to a good start. But uh, there have been some bright spots, I think. Uh, like you said, Connor Garland, I think he's probably been the uh, best, best addition to the team thus far. Um, I like the way he's been playing with Pod Colson, I think is his yeah. name, the Russian. So I like the way they've been playing. Um, if uh, I also think uh, Miller's been playing pretty good up front. Yeah, um, he has. Yeah. Kind of dropped the bus there, I think. So um, he's he doesn't uh, he's not the captain or nothing, but I think he kind of plays that leadership role and that veteran um, aspect. So I think he's he's going to be able to get these Besser and uh, Pedersen going. I think it's going to. It's going to even out, I think, but it's just you can't dig yourself out of a hole after it's 25, 30 games, right? Yeah, and you look at this team, and this is why plus minus is such a meaningless stat. I, you go through all these players, they're all plus. Like every yeah. like Garland's like a plus five, and even Quinn Hughes is like a plus six. You're like, okay, why isn't this team winning? Ekman Larson, plus three. But too many nights, they score two goals, and they give up three. And I don't, I, you know, I don't think, um, 
don't think Demko has been unreal so far this season, but I don't think he's been the problem either. I, I look at this team's defense core and it's, it's just flat out a problem. It's just not good enough. Uh, I, you look at it, Pullman, I like, but he's a fifth defenseman, you know, realistically. Tyler Myers, I've never been a fan of, but they signed him, okay? Quinn, you know his limitations, but he brings a lot offensively. But Hamannick, um and Burroughs and these guys that they have, they just, I, I look at this defense core and then I look at guys that just don't do enough offensively, man. Like, Horvat's had a good start to the season, but I, I point to Pedersen and too many nights. He's just, you don't notice him on the ice and I can't him and Matthews have kind of had similar starts where I look at them and at too many nights, I'm like, I did, you could have told me they didn't dress and I wouldn't fight you on it. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I watched, I watched a few, I, especially the games against uh, Seattle when they started the season mm-hmm. um, kind of it's, he's he's not really noticeable unless he's in the offensive zone and right. even at the, even at then it's more so only power play i find i notice him um yeah i don't know it just seems like he's just in a in a cold streak or a slump or i don't know what it is exactly but um he's just got to kind of figure it out he might be gripping the stick a little too tight and um yeah, I just think he'll find it out. He'll figure it out before too long, but it's just, like I said, you can't dig your way out of a hole after 30 games. Yeah, they need to find it quick. Like, they got Colorado tonight. Colorado's another team. We'll touch on that's not off to a great start. They're struggling, they're struggling right now. So that's a big game for both teams to get off the schneid and, and get the winning ways. Um, San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim, three teams we didn't expect much of this season. Um. Of these three, who do you think has the best chance of realistically competing for a playoff spot? Out of uh, Vancouver, LA, and uh, uh, LA, San Jose, Anaheim, three California teams. LA, San Jose, Anaheim. Uh, well, it's tough. It's tough to say. Um, the Kings have looked good as of late. They haven't looked too bad, I think, uh, especially on their Canadian swing there. They just pounded the. Uh, Maple Leafs and then they took it to the Habs the next night so it's tough you can't it's hard to bet against Drew Doughty and that crew but uh I, for me I think I might have to uh lean towards the Ducks I think right. uh this year I think they, they're like probably the biggest surprise for me besides the uh, Red Wings mm-hmm. just on turnaround I feel so yeah I don't know I think it's it's also hard to rule out San Jose everybody's saying that uh Errol Carlson's back because he's he's uh you know, the, uh, the, uh, Jesus like figure that, uh, people think he is. So right. Our boy Dawson Campbell, or not Dawson Campbell, Dawson Warman be, uh, hooping and hollering about him having his start of the year, but. Oh, you know that. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to have to go with, uh, Anaheim just, you know, they're big, big surprise, but I think they're, they're on the right trajectory and, uh, yeah, yeah they got some good young guys. Yeah, um, I would say Anaheim's best set up in net, for sure. John Gibson's a legit number one. Like, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Getzlaff's got 12 points in 14 games. I mean, what a start for him. Adam Henrique's got 11 points in 14 games. So, you know, even for him, he's a guy that's been buried the last couple of years. Shattenkirk has 12 points in 14 games. I mean, all these ball guys are just tearing it up. Oh, and then yeah. Tro- Troy Terry is... I mean, what a start for this kid, you know, for 16 him. 16 points, 12 games. That's yeah. nuts. That's only, nuts. 
only game he never had a point in was the first game of the season, and then he's just been on a tear. Right, and like I said, so many young players, Sam Carrick, Comtois, Drysdale, uh, Bo Grew, um, Lundstrom, Mason McTavish, uh, you know, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegra. So I, I, I really enjoy watching Anaheim. I'm going to go with L.A. Not a whole lot of confidence in, in any of these teams, but I'm going to go with L.A. just because I – I like I follow is really taking a step. He's really, you know, he's becoming a number two center. That's good. I like their kid, Rasmus Kupari. He played really well the other night. Kopitar is playing at an elite level. Uh, you know, he's, I think he had something to prove. So has Doughty until he got that greasy knee on knee that he had on him. So that should have been in suspension. But um, Dano seems to be playing with more of an edge. Uh, I just, Again, I don't think any of them will make the playoffs, but I'll say LA just because I think they have a little more experience and a little more, uh, you know, been there, done that on this roster than than the other two. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the experience could definitely help, especially with Kopitar. He's been off to a lead start this year, and he's kind of leading the charge. Uh, another guy I like from the Kings, I thought he played pretty well the other night against the Leafs, especially was uh, Athanasiu. I thought he played a pretty yeah. good game. Scored a nice goal. I thought, it, you know, that I, was it Jake Muzzin that he went around? Uh, yeah. Score? I think it was. Eh? Yeah. Just torched him. You know, yeah. he had a lot of speed. Nice pickup of the puck. Nice goal. Um, looking at the top, we got Edmonton and Calgary. Um, and Edmonton's, you know, they're McDavid and Drysdale doing their thing. But to me, the bigger story, because they've always put up points, but it's the bottom of their lineup, the full goals, the, uh, Cassian's being slotted correctly. The the Derek, you know, these guys that are in proper position to win, and I I think that's the most important thing. You have goaltending still, you know, a question mark for me, but Puliyarvi's taking a big step. You know, Derek Ryan has been a good find uh, at the bottom of the lineup. So they have a good mix of skill and toughness, and that really, uh, you know, is bodes well for the Oilers long term. Yeah, I. Uh... I've been surprised with how uh, the Oilers have looked this far. I, I didn't expect to be, see them atop the uh, Pacific Division. Um, obviously, Leon and uh, Connor just do their thing. They're, mm. they're two of the best players in the world. But uh, I think a lot of their success is going to come from the guys that are not not Connor and Leon. I think yeah. – uh, Hyman's been having a great start to the year. Um, uh, RNH has been unreal, even for not scoring a goal, 14 assists. Yep. Like, wow. That's, you know, tied with McDavid for, for assists. That's, uh, you know, if he starts scoring, then that that's some, some good secondary offense after those two guys. So, right. Uh, plus you have guys like Derek Ryan and Kyle Turris, these Devin Shore, these guys that kind of, um, bottom of the lineup grit kind of uh, positions. I think um, this could be the year that the Oilers are uh, successful um, getting to the playoffs. I hope so. Um, you know, it, it'll be nice to see, but uh, my biggest surprise was, is the uh, decor. I feel like they've been playing pretty mm-hmm. well, especially yeah. um, nurse has been, you know, I think he's the, uh, the staple defenseman, I think for, for Edmonton, I think he's what they, they envision in a D a D man. So, and then there's uh, Tyson Berry. He's been, you know, pretty pretty on point as well this year. So 
what do you uh oh and bouchard i know you're pretty high up on him it's about time that they uh no it's finally be good to see him do something yeah it's good to see that finally pan out no good for uh, him yeah no i honestly good for good for him because yeah i haven't exactly been the biggest fan since the world juniors went and i can get world junior fatigue like i was right on jake for when i watched him at the world i knew that guy was going to be a bust and believe me he was but you know bouchard he's got set he's an he's an offensive guy he's gonna have his limitations defensively but he's got seven points in 11 games that's great production you mentioned Mm -hmm. hyman's got 10 points in 11 games but yeah their decor is is really good so i I love nurse as you said he's the anchor back there he's been a really good addition i i like that trade when it first happened and people are slamming it in the media i think it's good for for the team honestly and yeah, they just have good, good structure. Like there's well-balanced. They have good offensive guys. Nurse can play defensively. Like he's, he's a jack of all, he's a number one. Yeah, that's what he, that's what he's becoming. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to ask, we did our top players. We all had dry side a lot pie, but he's tied for, with McDavid for first in the league in points. Did we not give this guy enough love? Because I think he's been the best player to start this year. I think he's been better than McDavid personally. I know McDavid scored that, you know, out of this world goal. But Dreisaitl is just as good. He's won a Hart Trophy. He's won a Rocket Richard. He's won a Ted Lindsay. Like this guy, and I, I just say we put players above him, and I think he deserves a little more respect. Yeah, that definitely. I mean. Uh, did, did you see the story about him, what he said to the Rangers? They were down a couple goals, and he said, oh, don't worry. You know, it's coming. Uh, oh, then, really? I didn't see that, no. Yeah, there was a, there was a, there was a story out that uh, they were down, I think, 4-1 four, four or something like that, yeah. or 5-2 maybe, and they ended up coming back, winning in overtime. Yeah, they won 6-5, uh, yeah. Yeah, Dreisaitl sealed it too. So yeah. I guess he said, I guess he said to someone, like, you know, hold on because it's coming, and ended up scoring the winner in overtime but just some of the things that he's able to do I think he puts the puck in in spots where the puck shouldn't be going and I think um, as a goaltender I, I would hate to have that that one-two punch up front coming down on you all the time McDavid and then next shift dry side is coming at you so I don't know it's McDavid I find is so fast and flair right and right. Leon I find just he finds a way to, to do it he does it mainly on his own but I mean their power play is lethal as well so I mean that's where a lot of their points come but mm-hmm. both of them I find can just drive offense on that uh, roster other than other than uh, taking goaltenders aside is dry saddle the second best player in the world yeah I would say I would say it's yeah I'd say he's up there for sure like there's not like other than Connor I don't think you could put anybody else up there I mean no like even without goaltenders, like it's you know tough. Like we both like I know, Carm, uh, not Carm, Nathan McKinnon's a huge. Like he's high up there on that list, but I mean, he's never won a major award. Yeah, that's like it's tough to it's tough to throw that kind of guy up there because you know he wants to win awards in the league and stuff. But I mean, at some point, Drysdale might even overtake McDavid in skill or. Whatever you know, I just I find McDavid gets all the recognition because he's so damn fast, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think he is. You know, I think I I even look back at myself like I go I was I was, I think Seamus gave me the uh, the crook eye because I had Matthews at seven, 
Like Dry Saddle should have been higher for me. I, I think he's I, I truly think he's the second best. What he can do with the puck, his shot from his office there, like he's getting his own office on the ice. And he's so dynamic the way he plays with R and H. I, I I really like the way the Oilers are coming together because they got two lines that can really produce. Yeah, no, I and I'm hired on the Oilers too because I was a fan for such a long time and there was no success. So I I gave up on them and I've decided to just cheer for players and whatever and right uh, kind of lean towards the Habs. But I'm I'm so happy that they're uh, doing well, you know, especially if we look at uh, some of the goaltenders for well, the goaltender from Minnesota that used to play for the Oilers, he's mm. off to a hot start. Yeah, not bad. So, yeah, and I mean. When we were talking about with Seamus, how we had our top tens, I, I don't even have them in mind. <laughs> so I mean, like, I, you know, I sleep on him. I mean, I he's just that piece of the puzzle in Edmonton that you know you just have, and you could just you're just so thankful. Like he's like a Leafs Mitch Marner. You know, you're like, oh, you know, thank God we got him. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. I feel like uh, Neil Yakupov's selection by the Oilers was the nail in the coffin for your Oilers fandom. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And then, you know, just to listen to some of the stuff that's come out since uh, since he's ushered himself out of the league is uh, just based on what he's what he's done at the draft and stuff. I mean, some of the stories <laughs> of spin chicklets and stuff is just, you know, foolish. But uh, yeah, I'd say that was pretty much the coffin, nail in the coffin for sure. Um, let's pivot to the central before we wrap today. Um, interesting division because obviously we got Arizona at the bottom. They are just uh, atrocious. I feel bad for some of the players that are there because it's it's ugly. You and think Phil the Thrill gets moved before the end of the year? I do. Yeah, I I think a team will want him because he plays every night. We saw what he did in Pittsburgh. Should have won a con Mike, but yep. somebody from Nova Scotia had to be gifted one. So that was, that was that's okay. We won't take that yep. personally. He got his hot dog after he's, he was okay with it. But NHL, uh, Nova Scotia Hockey League. Yeah, yeah. And this is how bad I'm just looking up some stats for everybody. Goals per game, Arizona last in the NHL. Goals against average last. Power play percentage, second last. PK percentage last in the NHL. This is how bad. Shane Gossesbear leads this team in points. That just tells you all you need to know about this team. Um, the ghost. The ghost, yeah, who they traded for cap space, if you recall, yeah. back, in, back in the summer. For zero dollars. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Colorado being sixth with only nine points in 10 games is the biggest shocker to start the year for me. Not going to get any easier. They got Canucks tonight. And last yesterday, we get the news, Nathan McKinnon's out three weeks it's trouble brewing in Colorado right now because I hate their defense score. I've talked about that the last couple of days and this is big on Landeskog, Rantanen, you know, Kadri's actually had a really good start to the season, but these guys even need to take it up another level because they don't have their best player on their roster. Yeah, no, they gotta, they gotta kick it into overdrive, especially with uh, McKinnon out of the lineup. Um, yeah, and injuries aren't helping these guys, definitely, for sure, because yeah. um, is out. That's a huge loss. Um, he's, you know, fifth. Back, back uh, tonight. Oh, is he? Yeah, back tonight. Perfect. So, yeah, no, then uh, I retract that statement. Uh, he's <laughs> going to be he's gonna be out there lighting it up tonight against the Canucks, and uh, everything's going to be back to normal. Um, if, hopefully him and Bo and Byron can just go out there and do their thing. 
Um, but I think, you know, we have these guys as a, you know, potential cup favorite last year. You know, this is the year that they're going to get over the hump and it's, they're struggling out of the gate. So yeah. I'd be interested to see if they can turn it around. Yeah. And, you know, Dallas is right above them. Dallas, terrible start to the season. God. Um, but Winnipeg is tied with Nat. Nashville, surprising me. Johansson's actually playing hockey again, which is nice to see. Um, Same with Duchesne. Duchesne. Yeah. These old guys that are on terrible deals are finally playing hard. So good to see yeah. for, for Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Winnipeg. I know me and you both like Winnipeg is the best team in Canada before the start of the season. Shea obviously I think had Toronto, no surprise there. Um, but I, I think we're starting to see Winnipeg really start to play, you know, Kyle Connor is off to a great start. Morrissey's playing great hockey. Um, they, they lost the blues the night, but it went to the gimmick. So, you know, it's basically a win in my opinion, they got the sharks tonight. Um, but I, I think, the Jets are starting to come into their own and they're, they're a threat every night. Yeah, no, I think uh, just based like remember when we were talking about the Canadian teams and who we had ranked is just, they look like they're the most uh, well-built team. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, obviously, you know, Montreal, fuck Um, Edmonton and uh, Calgary Calgary are both uh, Calgary. I don't understand how it's, how it's going on, but neither. I mean, it, it's good to see, you know, it's all three of them are starting to get into that competitiveness. And I think uh, if all three of these teams have a, you know, just a big rivalry and a big hate on then there's going to be some good games coming down the stretch. And uh, anytime that these guys meet, I think it'll be, you know, you got a musty TV. For, it's fun when it means something. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. And I think that's kind of why I like the West coast division. I think a little bit more, some of these teams have a little bit more of a hate on and um yeah, like you got the California division, like L.A., San Jose, Anaheim. These guys hate each other. You know, yeah. you want to see them go in and run each other through the boards. And that's what I'm all about. I like to see the rough game. So that's what I, I look for. And, yeah, I just think that it's going to be a toss up in this division, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, St. Louis is off to a great. I think St. Louis is really good. But Minnesota. They're great as well. I mean, you mentioned Cam Talbot. Uh, he's off to a seven and seven and two start. I mean, it's crazy. You look at their team, Ryan Hartman, who I really he's another guy who's just a big checking forward, leads their team in goals. Yoel Erickson Act leads them in power play goals. Like they just have a lot of depth on this team. Capri Sauce, a great player, but they they have a lot of depth. Feline, Marcus Felino, my boy, has got five goals already, nine points. Their defense has been together for a long time. So it's not like they're trying to figure out what each other like to do on the ice. Spurgeon's been there for a decade. Uh, you look at uh, Goligoski's new, but Dumba's been there, Brodine. The the meat of their defense score have been there for five years plus. I think that really helps the team early in the year. And they're bringing both goalies back. So it's, it's nice to have some familiarity when you start a season. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, for the West Coast, I think this might be one of the, the more uh, balanced teams, I think. Like, yeah. They have so much, so much depth up front. Like Kaprizov is electric, I find. I find he's, his game is good. Um, if he can start scoring a little bit more, I mean, it, you, you'll never say no to that. Uh, last night, I think he scored. I thought it was pretty funny the way he scored last night. The kind of <laughs> one-touch passes behind the behind the net with uh, Zuccarello and the quick tuck. But um, their decor is pretty pretty solid, too. Like, 
Dumba's been there for a while. Goligoski's yeah. almost got a thousand games. Uh, Spurgeon just does the does everything correct. So it's uh it's hard for for teams to get by these uh these defensemen. But I think the the goalies are the one two punch. I think is a huge thing because you need that strong goalie in the back for the uh, games where your number one can't go right. Right, and let's look at St. Louis quickly. You mentioned balance. I mean. They got balance out the wazoo because they have Bennington's playing at an elite level again. I think if Price oh, yeah. is not able to go for the Olympics, I think he's Team Canada starter myself. I think he, you know, that's who I would have in the net. But you look like they just have great. You know, Barbashev's got seven points. That's that's a fourth line player with seven points. You got um, Jordan Cairo. It's good to see that. I think this guy's had a ton of potential before. We saw him at the World Juniors. He's twelve points, eleven games. Good to see him really break through. O'Reilly's been dinged up, but he's got five and seven. So again, it's just Perron, 11 and 11. I mean, the guy just, when he's in St. Louis, he plays damn good hockey. Saad's got five points in seven games. Tarasenko's got a point per game average so far. Uh, you know, Robert Thomas got eight and 11. So it's, there's no wonder these teams are at the top of the division. This is why, because you have balance. The one team that you could really not point to is, is Toronto, but they're in second, but Florida, Minnesota, it was St. Louis, who's backed by a point, Edmonton, Carolina. These teams are built teams. You know, they're, they're teams. It's not based on individuals. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for me so far, Case, is that these teams that are winning, these teams are at the top of the divisions. That's why they are, because they're getting balanced across the board. Yeah, definitely. And you could tell that, like, there's a drop-off in some of the teams, right? Like, you see these guys that a lot of the teams have individual players that can kind of carry this carry the teams but the teams that are well built are the ones that are going to get they're the ones that are off to the hot start right you know that's what i feel like and um i think some like some of these teams that are off to a hot start like minnesota's nine and three edmonton nine and two florida ten and ten two and one that's you know these are these are unreal records and um i i'm hoping that these kind of four teams can kind of run through the year and imagine like the, some of the playoff rundowns in, in these divisions, like I hope Tampa gets in, has a chance to uh, defend their title. I mm-hmm. want to see them play against Florida. I want that. Me division. too. I want that. You know, oh, I need that. I need yeah. that. And who who's going to say no to uh, to Edmonton, Calgary or Edmonton, Winnipeg in the playoffs, you know? Yeah. I mean, we I know we've seen it last year. In, in but the even North even division. Minnesota, like Minnesota yeah. and Minnesota's, they got some tough bastards on that team. Like Minnesota, St. Louis would be a, great playoff series yeah that's what i'm saying like chuck the chuck them two teams against each other and then calgary or edmonton against each other and let them go off to the to the conference final and that's another war in and of itself so i don't know i think we're going to see some good hockey this year and i'm hopeful that uh these kind of top dogs can keep running and i'm interested to see how leon and uh connor finish up for points points wise have you looked at your phone yet if you do please don't because i have some breaking news no, I didn't look. Okay. This is not hockey related, but it is breaking breaking news. Odell Beckham Jr. has signed. Do you know where do you know where he went? Yeah, I just seen. Yeah, well, okay, I'll break it right now. But Odell Beckham Jr. has is decided the team he's signing with. He is joining the Los Angeles Rams. He is now a member of the Rams joining Van Jefferson, Cooper Cop, Tyler Higby. They released Deshaun Jackson. He's now a Ram per Adam Schefter of the mothership. 
So Odell is now playing in La La Land uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. So a big, uh, big move for the Rams. And uh, now, you know, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup have been a great connection all year. You could argue the best in the NFL. But now Beckham is joining that group and in the spotlight once again. Yeah, geez. Uh, I didn't see this one coming, I'll be honest. No, I, I – uh... Yeah, like you said, uh, I don't remember if it was today or yesterday. I, I I listen to the pods every time they come out. As soon as they drop, you know, a super fan, uh, not a big deal. But um, yeah, I just I, I kind of thought he was going to end up in Green Bay. Uh, yeah, they, he struggled uh, Green Bay. I know I texted you the, the game against the Chiefs was so sloppy. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah I think if with him and uh, o, uh, Rogers and Odell would have been so fun to watch, but. Uh, yeah, now we got to watch him with the Rams. It's, I'm, you know, he just gets to pick wherever he wants to go because that's, you know, the Hollywood treatment that Odell gets. <laughs> and you gotta love it, eh? Just like the Tom Brady effect. Fuck. Oh, uh, no resentment there from a Cleveland fan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, OBJ to the Rams. They play Monday night. So they actually, maybe he plays. I could get a couple days of practice. That would be a hell of a way to start your career as a Ram. Monday night football, solo stage. Sounds like OBJ to me, but um, interesting move for sure. I mean, I, I've been a fan of the Rams. They've been kind of my my Super Bowl pick in the NFC all year. Uh, I'm interested to see what Matthew Stafford can do with them because that's that's a that's a big move for sure. Um, Case, great pod today. Dived into a lot of stuff in the NHL. Talked some football here at OBJ. What do you got? What's on the horizon for you? What's uh, what's coming up on the agenda? Uh, not a whole lot. Just kind of laying low, sitting in the uh, back uh, back shadows, trying not to bring any attention to my name. Uh, getting getting some uh, getting some treatment done on the back. Getting you know, got to get that golf swing fixed up. So maybe uh, be in the PGA two or three years time if uh, everything goes well. So senior tour. Getting that taken care of. Yeah, getting that taken care of. And other than that, just with Hill and that's it. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. I like it. Um, yeah. How's the back? Ah, uh, not bad. We're we're making progress. Uh, yeah, we're making progress. It's uh, we can get out of bed and we're we're uh, getting through the day. So, life's good. Physio a couple times a week, or yeah, I was there three times this week, and I gotta go back three times next. So, Jesus. Yeah, we're we're making some progress. I'm too young to be an old man, so we're yeah. we gotta get that figured out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're only you're only 24. Come on now. Yeah, I know, and I was walking around like I was 65, so yeah. it's, uh, we're, we're making progress, uh, you know, definitely. Well, if the, if the golf bag's wearing you down, we'll have to get you a cart, you know, a little, yeah. little mobilized one for you, but no. To the I point, might have to pay for a caddy fee there or something. Yeah, okay, well, we can, we can discuss that. We can work that out here, uh, we, we can work that out, but Casey, always fun talking to you, man. I know I appreciate you taking the time on a holiday to chat with me, but uh, a pleasure as always, and we'll do it again real soon. Yeah, no, appreciate it, Jug. Always love jumping on, talking sports. It's the uh, best thing in the world. So uh, whenever you want me, you just give me a text and I'll make myself available. Awesome. Well, thanks again to Casey and everybody. I'll be back tomorrow to chat with Matt Wright about week 10 the NFL. I'm sure we'll talk some OBJ. We'll rant about college football and anything else that get, got on our nerves this week. But until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk soon.